0: Get ready for Crack the Customer Code, your audio guidebook for creating incredible customer journeys.
1: Adam, you know, because we're talking using words, <laughs> is that word of mouth marketing or is that word of mouth experience? No. Oh, I was trying to get, like... I was trying to have an existential
2: I, I, question. I, I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> you just shut it down. I'm not being a good improv partner. I'm <laughs> going, no. <laughs> One word answer. That's it.
1: Right. right. Okay. All right, end Genie, of discussion.
2: Let, 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 all right. And scene. Let's try again. Yes, <laughs> Genie, And there's an octopus well eating ice cream on the corner. <laughs> well done.
1: See, that would be a talk trigger.
2: We, that would absolutely <laughs> be a talk trigger. If there was an
1: octopus on the corner eating, eating ice cream.
2: Ice cream that would, yeah. yeah. 100%. I think it's our new logo. <laughs> uh, there's a social media company that it's already owns the octopus. I'm afraid. Well, not it doesn't eat ice cream though, and ours would be much more talented and more uh, talk triggery. Is that the adjective?
1: Sure, we just made it. You're sure. welcome, everybody.
2: Thank you, Jay. Jay, trucks in the mail one.
1: <laughs> yes, today we are talking about this amazing idea of not only word of mouth kind of experiences and what makes your customers talk about the experiences, not only the why of it, but really the how of it. And that's this new book, Talk Triggers, by Jay Baer and his co-author, Daniel Lemon. We're so excited to have Jay on the show today because we really talked through a couple great examples and how anyone, any size company can really apply these principles to their organization. And the very nature of it is great customer experience, I think.
2: Right. And the key here, if if you're hearing this and you're going, oh, geez, more about word of mouth, keep listening, because Mm -hmm. the big difference, as Jay always does, is he found that little, that differentiator, and that is word of mouth as a strategic priority and as a strategy, as as a CX dimension, right, as something that you're actually going to operationalize and execute. And that's really the difference between, you know, talk triggers and sort of a lot of conversations about word of mouth, which is just like, oh, gee, do something that people will talk about. Mm -hmm. This is about very being very strategic and then tactical about how you do that.
1: Right, right. And also understanding really what makes it successful and how to pilot it. And it's just it's great. So I think we should go ahead and Let Jay talk about the expertise he has instead of us breaking it down. What do you think?
2: (laughs) I mean, sure, that's one way to go. (laughs) We did interview him. I guess we could go to the interview. I'm just saying there are a lot of options here, Janie, and we could go a lot of different directions. And I (laughs) tell that it's not a talk trigger to just go to the guest. If you know, if we wanted to make a talk trigger, we just wouldn't run the run it. (laughs) (laughs) We would just talk about it the whole time. We'll have his picture up there, we'll have the number, we'll promote it, it's just, but no interview. That's our talk trigger. Sorry, Jay.
1: Well, the octopus who's eating ice cream on the corner really wants you to tell our guests about Jay. All
2: right. So Jay Bear helps businesses clone their customers. He has created five multimillion-dollar companies and is a seventh-generation entrepreneur. He is the president of Convince & Convert, a consulting firm that helps the world's most iconic brands like the United Nations, Nike, 3M, and Oracle use technology to win new customers, and keep the customers they've already earned. A New York Times best-selling author of five books, Jay is the host of the award-winning Social Pros podcast. He's also an avid tequila collector and, yes, Jeannie, a certified <laughs> barbecue
0: judge. All right, let's talk to Jay. What is up, Jay? Adam, fantastic to be here with you. I hope you're doing great
2: fantastic hope you are as well so happy to have you and so excited to talk about your new book I
0: am and Jeannie's so excited, how e- excited she is
1: <laughs> I'm so excited I can't even I can't even stop uh, I love this book I think it's so practical but it also is about kind of the magic of these things which I loved so before we jump in of course it's called talk triggers so why don't you start us off with what makes something a talk trigger how do you define a talk trigger?
0: Let me talk about the problem real quick. The, the problem is that word of mouth is the most important thing in business for, for which nobody has a strategy. Like right? word mm-hmm. of mouth influences between 50 and 90 percent of all purchases. Yet nobody has an actual plan for it, right? We just assume that our customers will talk about us. But why do we think that will happen? And 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 what will they say? And it's a mystery, guys, because we have a, a digital strategy, a marketing strategy, you might have a customer service strategy, you might have a PR strategy, you got know, a whole desk full of strategies but nobody has a word of mouth strategy. We're just so laissez-faire about it. And it's, it's really um, it's hard to believe, frankly. So a talk trigger allows you to do word of mouth on purpose, to actually have a, a strategy for getting your customers to talk about you to other people every day, week, month, quarter, and, and year. And a talk trigger itself is a strategic operational differentiator, that compels conversation. Your customers can't help themselves. They simply must tell somebody about this interesting thing that you do. Now, what's what's cool about this is that a talk trigger really is a customer experience, right? It's a customer, it's a CX dimension. But when we talk about CX, so often we think of it in the context of customer retention. Here with a talk trigger, you're using CX as customer acquisition. And I think that's pretty cool.
2: Very cool. Yeah, that's very neat. And you know, what's interesting about word of mouth is to your point, we just sort of think of it as something that is, right? It's just uncontrollable kind of thing that either happens organically or it doesn't, but you've actually broken down word of mouth into different types. And I think it's looking at it in the book, it's essentially categorizing what impressed the customer so much. So tell us a little bit about these different types and are any more powerful than the others?
0: Well, you can look at it through sort of an X and a Y um, axis. So, so there's online word of mouth, social media, review sites, discussion boards, and forums is about 50% of all word of mouth. Offline word of mouth, face-to-face, telephone conversation, et cetera, is also about 50%. Now, what we find is that offline word of mouth is is equally um, likely mathematically, but is more persuasive, as you might imagine, because typically when you get a recommendation offline, you can ask follow-up questions. And the likelihood that you have a real relationship with that person is a little bit higher as well. So uh, offline and offline are about the same volume of conversation. Offline is slightly more persuasive. But when we think about what creates conversation it's not competency. This is one of the great fallacies in business, Adam, that competency creates conversation. Competency keeps your customers, right? Competency reduces churn, but competency doesn't create conversations. Because I, I don't know everybody listening today, I bet you I know some folks, but I know this for a fact. Nobody has ever said, hey, let me tell you about this perfectly adequate experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why? Because it's a terrible story, right? Word of mouth is is all about telling stories. And what you do with a talk trigger is you're giving your customers a story to tell. That story has to be interesting. It has to be memorable. It has to be dynamic. And and saying, hey, I, I flicked on a light switch and light came out is not a very good story. So you have to do something different, not something good.
1: It's so true. It's so true. And you know, one of the examples that you use in the book is the cookies from Double tree Hotels. And I have this like warm spot in my heart because I used to take this terrible business trip <laughs> every month where I would fly into Wichita, Kansas, deal with a client there for like two days. And then I had to drive to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And back then, there wasn't a lot of stuff going on between Wichita and Tulsa. And a lot of it was, um, uh, you know, Native American land. And so there weren't even like drive throughs or anything. So I would get into the hotel at around 11 p.m. and they got to know me at the Doubletree. So they would put aside cookies for me.
0: Oh, save the cookie night.
1: <laughs> and I still remember this. And I'm telling this story because it was so meaningful to me that they like it was such a nice little gesture of welcome after a long drive and a long day. And they knew that, you know, there was nothing to eat anywhere. (laughs) So I think that was part of it. They didn't want crabby genie there. But uh, I I can relate to this. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the crabby genie part, I'm sure. But I think, you know, back to what the conversation we were just having, we kind of assume that these things happen organically. And in a way, the magic is, feels organic, right? It feels like something where you're like, wow, this is amazing, just like the example Absolutely. I showed.
0: Absolutely, Yeah. And that's why it's so important to, to understand that talk triggers are not marketing. It's mm-hmm. operations that create a marketing advantage. So talk
1: more about that, if you will. Like, how do you operationalize it as part of the customer experience? I mean,
0: number one, it's, it's not a campaign or a contest or a coupon or a price or a mm-hmm. promotion. It is something that you do differently. And the key is that you do it differently every time, that every customer has access to it. So let's go back to the Doubletree example. Doubletree has been giving out a warm chocolate chip cookie at check-in every day to every guest for 30 years, 30 Mm -hmm. years Today, as we're having this conversation, they will distribute 75,000 warm chocolate chip cookies today. Now, wow. we did four separate research projects for this book. This book isn't Jay and my co-author, Daniel Lemon, says you should be good at word of mouth. There are some of that, but there's four separate projects that we invested in, in this book. And One of those projects was we surveyed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Doubletree customers. and We found that 34% of them have, without being prompted at all, told somebody specifically about that cookie in the last 30 days, which means that every single day, 25,500 people on average have a conversation. They tell a story about that cookie. Now, companion question, when's the last time you saw a Doubletree ad? (laughs) Probably not, they just don't advertise very much because the cookie is the ad and their guests are the marketing department. There's a saying in business, you guys are probably familiar with it. It's not entirely true, But it's true enough, and it goes like this. Advertising is a tax paid by the unremarkable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In this case, having an oven in every hotel is operations. Having supply chain, so every hotel has cookie dough, is operations and bags training every front desk clerk to be able to make the cookies and present the cookies because it is a presentation it's not a pile of cookies on a plate it is a it's like a japanese tea ceremony but with like, <laughs> of that is operations that's not marketing now it it creates marketing advantages but it's not marketing it's it's how it's a talk trigger is when you do something different it's not that you say something different
2: i love that so let's draft off of that, because one thing that's interesting about Doubletree, to your point, they've been doing it for three decades. It sort of you know, happened organically. But if you, somebody reads your book and says, I want to create talk triggers, what's the step for operationalizing you know, testing, all that kind of stuff, figuring out what a good talk trigger is? Do you have a process for that? I mean, how do you go, especially, especially at, at scale?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's why we wrote the book because, look, you don't need another book that tells you that word of mouth is important. There's a bunch of those books already, and they're good. Jonah Berger's Contagious, uh, Word of Mouth Marketing by Andy Cernovitz, Fizz by Ted Wright, um, uh, Anatomy of Buzz by Emmanuel Rosen. Like, there's a lot of really good books on word of mouth out there, and, and all of those authors are interviewed in our book. But what we have added to the conversation is an actual six step process that any business, large or small, can and should follow to create, test, operationalize, measure uh, a talk trigger. And I'll tell you, it is the exact same process that we use in my consulting firm, Convince and Convert, when we build talk triggers for clients. All we did was take our process, refine it a little bit, and then give it away in a book. It's the same process. And so you you mentioned um, operationalizing Adam, and that's the key. I'll tell you the worst way to come up with the talk trigger, categorically. <laughs> the worst way to do this is to sit in a conference room and brainstorm it, because if it was that easy, you'd already have one, right? So, but that's how everybody wants to do it first, right? Like, let's get together and we'll you know we'll get pizza and we'll come up with a great idea, and it's not usually that easy. <laughs> so, what we always recommend is the first thing you do is map your customer journey, right? So identify all the different touch points, inflection points that you have with customers. The second step is to actually do customer interviews. We recommend three types of interviews. You talk to new customers, longtime customers and lost customers. And five or six interviews for each of those will be fine. 15 to 18 interviews total should suffice. What you're looking for is asking the customer at each of these touch points, what did you expect would happen? What you're trying to do is map customer expectations to the customer journey, because once you know what your customers expect, what when you know what they anticipate, you by definition know what they do not expect or anticipate. And the difference between what they expect and what they don't expect, that's where the gold is. That's where the talk trigger lives. Because if they expect it, they will never talk about it.
1: True. It's so true. It's like when you talk to folks who in banking who say, Well, people just want a safe place to put their money. It's like, yep, <laughs> that's the definition of a bank. Yeah, that could be so <laughs> in, in the bank. Yeah, exactly. Um, so here's a question as we talk about expectations, as customers stay with a brand for a long time does this become ordinary does it become not talkable like you the cookies are a great example of something with a lot of longevity but i imagine that not everything has that yeah. so how do you how do you figure that out
0: yeah it it's a really interesting point um because if here's what happens when you lose the power of remarkable because the first thing that a talk trigger must be is remarkable meaning it is worthy of remark It has to be a story worth telling. And sometimes the world changes or competition moves in and and you just no longer have enough remarkability to power the story. I'll give you two examples. Three examples, I will. Three examples. Excellent. Example number one.
1: (laughs) Wow. Uh, Uh
0: Enterprise rental car. Enterprise had a talk trigger for 20 years. It was called, we'll pick you up. They were the only rental car company that would pick you up. Avis wouldn't do it. Hertz wouldn't do it. Budget wouldn't do it. And that was a great talk trigger until Uber. Because if I can press a button on my phone and get picked up anytime, place, why do I need the weird rental car kid to drop me off? Like, I don't, that's no longer valid, right? So that no longer works. An uh, even more recent example, perhaps, is uh, Zappos, a brand I'm sure you've talked about on this show a number of times. Mm-hmm. They pioneered, maybe they, they perhaps weren't the very first, but they were certainly the ones who popularized the concept of free two-way shipping. You, you buy shoes, you don't like these shoes, send them back and we won't charge you. Mm-hmm. Send them back At the time, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, people could not believe it. Like That was a talk trigger for sure. I mean, I personally bought a bunch of stuff on Zappos only because they were the only ones doing free two-way shipping.
1: I think we all did. Now,
0: now, however, almost everybody does free two-way shipping. It's not a talk trigger, not for anybody. Like it just, you know, competition matched it, right? Same thing happened in the hotel business. A while back, Weston, you may remember this, tried to do the heavenly bed. They call it the Mm -hmm. heavenly bed. And the the idea was that they're going to have the most comfortable bed in any hotel. And that's such a good idea. Hilton was like, yeah, we're going to do that. And Marriott and Hyatt. (laughs) And they all did like all kinds of bed, it was like a bed war. Uh, And and now nobody claims comfortable beds because everybody's bed has gotten better. So sometimes you get lucky like Doubletree does. And sometimes uh, competition comes in and matches it. Sometimes the world around you changes like Mm -hmm. in Enterprise's case, which is why it's so critical when you're going through this process. And this is how we do it on the consulting side too. To identify five or six talk triggers in your strategic anthropology process. And then you test the one you like best. And if it's sufficiently talkable, then you roll that one out across the enterprise. But you always want to keep tabs on the other ones, like your semi-finalists that you didn't actually roll out because you never know where you're going to have to go back to the list because competition matched one that used to be yours. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would argue that that's what Zappos has not done. It, like if you say, what's Zappos's talk trigger today? I don't think they have one, which is why people don't talk about them like they used to.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that's so true. And one of the things I've noticed in some work with clients is that a lot of times the disruptors of the industry, they come out of nowhere with a great talk trigger or just a different way of doing something. And it's great. And then all of a sudden, they're the, they're not the disruptor. They're like the (laughs) old brand suddenly, because everybody else copies them and they're still thinking they're revolutionary. And so it's kind of you really do have to pay attention I think to the expectations of the entire marketplace not just what's happening in that moment that you come up with a talk trigger. And I love how you talk about piloting the talk triggers too.
0: I I work so on on measurement of 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 talk triggers. Like one of the things that's held word of mouth back as a discipline and as a budget center is this, this notion that it's somehow Um, witchcraft, right? That it's, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not measurable. It's not like search or display or whatever, that it's somehow a dark art. And, and I, I hate it. (laughs) I hate it when people talk about things not being measurable, because the reality is everything is measurable. It just depends Mm -hmm. on how much time and money you want to put against it. When people say it's not measurable, what they really mean is it's not measurable for free or it's not measurable easily. It's not mm-hmm. the same thing, right? So word of mouth is infinitely measurable. You just have to actually do some work. So we do it two ways. Uh, we always do a, a fairly comprehensive um, consumer chatter analysis, right? So social media, ratings and review sites. What do people say when they email the company? What do they say on the phone with reps? Like whatever. Now that typically will happen more in a consumer product scenario. You want to augment that Uh, And particularly in B2B, where you might not see as much native consumer chatter with actual word of mouth survey. So what we do is we ask customers, every nth customer who has experienced the talk trigger, three questions. So a three question survey. Sometimes you can tack this on the end of an NPS survey, which makes it operationally pretty easy to do. We ask three questions. Question one, since you bought from us or, or experienced our brand in whatever way, have you told anybody about our company? Yes or no question. Mm -hmm. If yes, question two is presented, what did you say? Open-ended text box. What you're looking for here is unaided mention of the talk trigger. Then question three, did you happen to mention any of these things? And it's a pick list usually of seven elements of the brand. One of those seven is the talk trigger. So what you end up with then is, did you talk yes, no? unaided mention of the talk trigger and aided mention of the talk trigger. And when you when you run that kind of analysis routinely, then you, you'll know for a fact how talkable it is. Now, the one part that's difficult to ascertain, and most people are fine with this, but some aren't, is, well, great. In Doubletree's case, 34% of their customers talk about the cookie, but how do we know how many of those cookie conversations created customer room nights? And that is a little difficult to get at. Not impossible, uh, but a little tricky. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
2: And I know we're sort of tight here, so I want to wrap up with going back just a little bit because something was very interesting in the discussion about Zappos and about sort of these talk triggers. Do you differentiate between, uh, you know, so when you're defining a talk trigger, between something that is just an industry innovation? as opposed to sort of an add-on. Now, do you think about the cookie, that's an add-on, right? It's just a signature sort of move that a hotel is known for, but it doesn't affect your stay or anything like that, as opposed to the free shipping or glass screens on a, you know, touch screens on a phone or whatever technological innovation that is later matched by competition. Is there, do you ever differentiate between those two things?
0: Great question. Um, not per se, uh, but I would tell you that most talk triggers are the former. You know, it is, it is, it is something kind of outside the regular bounds of doing business, but but not always, but most most are. Um and, and nothing is an industry innovation until, like, as you said, two or three people do it. Um, so so every industry innovation, I would argue, started as a talk trigger, right? It was the whoever started as a talk trigger, at least. Really. but most of the case studies in the book, and, and there are dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of them, uh, are are as you say, Adam. It's not necessarily core to the product necessarily. It is something slightly different that they do. But there are are, are examples to the contrary. Uber conference, for example, right? Free conference calling service. They have hilarious, hilarious, hilarious on-hold music that they play when you're waiting for the conference call to begin. They're the only ones who do that. It is their talk trigger. There's tons and tons and tons of social media chatter about it. I would argue that hold music is fairly endemic to a free conference calling service, uh, but, but it works as a talk trigger partially because it is so... That element of the service is so perfunctory and mundane. It's one of the interesting things of word of mouth is that you take something that's super duper boring and you put a little twist on it. The conversational impact of that is huge because people expect so very little of it. Uh, That's perfect. I think that is a
2: perfect mic drop moment right there, Jay. Thank you. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for being here, man. The book is fantastic. Interview, as always, on point. Please let our audience know uh, where they can find you, find the book, all that good stuff.
0: Thanks very much. Great to talk to you guys, as always. Uh, if you go to talktriggers.com, there is a tremendous amount of free information there. There are PowerPoint presentations, there's videos, infographics, research, book club discussion guides, all kinds of stuff at talktriggers.com. The book itself can be found all the places and ways that books can be procured in your lo- local bookshop, obviously online. There's an audible version read by myself and my terrific co-author Daniel Lemon, uh, Kindle version as well. I will say, though, just as a note... Uh, as we close, that the book Talk Triggers has a talk trigger, as you might expect. Otherwise, that would be a little bit <laughs> um, the book says on the back, satisfaction guaranteed. If you buy this book and do not like it, go to talktriggers.com and send the authors a note, and they will buy you any other book of your liking. And that's, if you want a first edition <laughs> Bible, we'll uh, we'll try and track one down. If you don't like the book, we will make it right. And then some, that is our promise to you. So quite literally, there is no reason to not buy this book because you have absolutely no risk whatsoever.
1: It's awesome too. And so I'm happy that I have the book. I'm not getting another one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, thank thanks, you guys. so much, Jay. This was fantastic and congratulations on the great book. And uh, as always, just, you know, keep doing what you're doing. We all appreciate it. So thanks for being I with us. It, and I
0: appreciate it. I appreciate your show. Thanks.
1: Thank you. Well, that was a fun discussion. And I think part of what is so intriguing about what Jay shares and what Jay and Daniel share in the book is that, you know, your talk trigger for your customers is going to be different than... Mine, and that's exactly what makes it special. Same is lame is one of the things they say in the book, and I agree.
2: Same is lame, but if you were to offer me chocolate chip cookies, I would talk about it.
1: <laughs> Even if I'm not the double tree, huh? Even if
2: you're not the double tree, because it's just so out of the ordinary experience I expect from Eugenie that it would become a talk trigger, a derivative one, and yeah, you know, a little bit of a stale one. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but so, I, point bring when you come to orlando bring cookies that's all i'm really getting at here
1: well i'm, I'm glad to see you've got your priorities in the right place there <laughs> you learned a lot from this discussion
2: i really did that, that is my takeaway genie bring me cookies please no well, i mean I, of course it was fantastic every book jay does is great and truly insightful and i mm-hmm. you know what i like about this concept is I like concepts that apply at every level of business and every level of scale. Mm -hmm. You can do this, whether you're the restaurant on the corner or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're the massive fortune 100 company, right? You can use this process. You can use this idea to create better word of mouth and to, to operationalize word of mouth.
1: Yes. Yes. It, it really is a very well done book. And I think anybody can learn from it. and, uh, and it just makes you smile like the talk triggers that they use in the book and that we talk about as customers are things that that really stick with us because they made us happy. They made it. They were unexpected. They made us smile. And so it's fun to talk about those things and read about those things, too. So go out and get it. That's what that's what I'm saying.
2: Buy the book. <laughs>
1: And on that very bossy note, um, (laughs) we want to shift it to appreciation here. And thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. If you haven't yet subscribed, we would love to know why not. Because we believe that if you're listening to this, you certainly want every episode coming straight to you. So the only way to do that is to make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: And we are the only ones with an octopus eating ice cream on the corner.
1: That's true. That's it's true. We might need to commit a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Believe it or not, this is business content. So be sure to check out all the great business content at radio.com and tv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our trademarked Customer Experience Investigation Process, a.k.a. CXI, and, and more at experienceinvestigators.com.
2: And I'm Adam Kupork. You can learn more about me, my keynote speaking, customer service workshops and training, and all the ways I can give you to talk about me. <laughs> so, does that work? Is that how you do a trigger? Thing? I'm just lost on the whole process. Jay explained it. I am slow. I cannot these things. <laughs> Uh. Oh, Lord. Uh, So anyways, customersatstick.com. You can find me there and we can talk all kinds of things, customer experience and customer service. And most importantly, and this is truly the most important thing, until next time, take care of yourself.
1: And take care of your customers.